Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegels with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat. Taking your calls and your tweets as we move forward here on Giants.com. Hi, John. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Well, coming off of yesterday's game, I, I could be a little bit better. Yeah, and <laughs> and we'll get to that game in a second, but there was some news at Pat Shermer's press conference today, uh, which, uh, frankly, <clears throat> caught me by surprise a little bit. Yeah, it did. He, he basically, I don't have the quotes in front of me because we have not published a transcript yet, but he basically said that uh, after starting 0-2, um, you take a look at every position and every player on the roster moving forward, and he did not exclude the quarterback position. Uh, from that discussion and and did not commit to Eli Manning being the starting quarterback in week number three, which obviously is going to dominate conversation now for the next 48 or so hours. He said he would know exactly what they're going to do when they take the practice field on Wednesday, Wednesday's press conference, I believe, or at least it has been at 11 o'clock. It might be a little bit uh, before that, a little bit later this week because of a new schedule, but that's when we'll have a definitive word on that. You think? Well, he said we would. He said we would. But why would you say anything? I mean, if I'm Tampa, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't want to let Tampa know who's playing quarterback. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see what they actually do. Yeah. It would yeah. not. It would not surprise me. Mm. I think you got some audio on your computer, Jeff. Can you oh, read that so- for me? Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No um, problem. <laughs> yeah, nice, I, you know me. I don't hear anything we, anyway. Yeah. So. No. You know, we we have some nice NFL primetime music going on in the background. <laughs> I feel like Chris oh, Berman and, music. and Tom Jackson's gonna come on and start like. Which, you know, by the way, did you see that they're back on NFL primetime? They are on on ESPN Plus, which is cool. What do you think about that? I love it. I mean, listen, those I, are my guys. So I grew dude, up with those. guys. I grew up with those guys too. They were awesome. I used to that used to be appointment Sunday evening television. For I, me. I will tell you, and I don't mean to get off the subject as much, but so the guys, you know, when we play, that we didn't get to watch football on Sunday. So NFL primetime was our kind of, you know, that's the way we watched catch football. up on what happened during the it day. Was, right? It was yeah. awesome. I loved it. Anyway, I loved it. So we have that topic. Feel now free I can't to call stay in. up for it. Uh, yeah, I know it's hard. <laughs> um, by the way, it would not surprise me if Eli is still the quarterback in week three. There's a good chance that this is just one of those. Look, we're 0-2. Every player gets put under the microscope. Right, we're going to look yeah. at everybody and the quarterbacks included. And the coach is, is PO'd. Right. You know, he's and, just kind of like tired of the questions. Correct. Yeah. So that could be the case. I don't know what's going to happen. Eli spoke to the media today. All that will be on Giants.com. Make sure you check it out. But that's where we are with that. If you want to call up and talk about it, sure. I'm not sure what we're going to be able to tell you because it's just landed on our own laps just like it did everybody else. Yeah. So feel free to call up and we can discuss. But uh, I would, like look, we've been saying it, I'd be very surprised if anything happened in September, so I'm not going to, yep. you know, obviously I'd be less surprised now after today's press conference, I guess. But, I guess so. But I mean, listen, I, I, I think that I'm not going to alter my position on on, on a whim like that. I, so. I am not either. I told you, we've, we talked about this Friday, mm-hmm. okay? And, and it's like, we're going to see when it happens. It's going to happen, John. But, you know, you understand kind of what's going on here, right? I mean, every week you're getting closer to what's going to happen eventually. If this team continues to play like this and really, and when you look at the situation, you you can't, but think that, you know, do you want to waste the whole season of, of not having Daniel Jones play? I mean, at some point you're going to have to do something, right? I mean, listen, call a spade a spade. It it is what it is guys. And eventually it may or may not happen. We don't have the answer today, but like John said, something has landed in our lap today and you know, we'll find out more coming, you know, towards this week now. And I will say this, uh, I did not think that, Eli played his best game on Sunday. I didn't think he was bad either. I thought he was eh, okay. Um, but well, he played. Like, but he played against a great defense, which is kind of what we expected. And for me, the big picture of this game, you know, was pretty simple. I think we even said it on Friday's show. If one of these teams got over 20 points, they were probably going to win. Mm-hmm. We both thought it was going to be a 17-13, 17-14 type of scenario. And, well, the Giants landed right into that mm-hmm. range where we thought they would. The problem is that the Bills put up 28, and they scored 21 in the first half. They had three straight drives, all 70-plus yards, 198 yards after a great job by Antonio Hamilton and Riley Dixon pinning them at the two-yard line. They march right down. Josh Allen is 250 yards passing at halftime on 15 of 20. They have 260 or 270 yards of offense at halftime due to the Bills. Now, things settled down a little bit in the second half, but... Again, the Giants cut it to 21-14. All the defense need to do is get one more stop to get the Giants' offense the ball back in it being a one-score game, and they couldn't do that. And it turned into 28-14, and then that was pretty much all she wrote. So, you know, Jeff, the defense, again, to me, was the bigger issue. We knew it would be a problem going into the season. I just didn't think the problem would go this deep. And again, in the first half, some of those drives 
were just too easy. That that third touchdown drive in the first half of the Bills, they never even got to a third down. They, well, you can't yeah. have that. Yeah. They'd all first and second downs. They never even got to a third down on that drive. The Giants on their first drive never got to a third down. You were thinking, okay, here we go. This is going to be great. Um, then, you know, they think, talking about one of the drives that the Bills had in my notes from the game, um, this was the 11 drive, 11 play, 70 yard with four minutes. Okay, and 15-second drive. That was the second touch, second touchdown. So the Bills go up 14-7. to seven. They had a third and 10, a third and 6, and a third and 10 that they converted on that drive alone, which was in um, – this would be early second quarter, um, really early second quarter for the second touchdown for the Bills. But yep. It was that, a third and 10 at their own 48. That's when DeAndre Baker fell down uh, guarding John Brown out of his break. Then they had a little – third and five on a pick play. They beat Janoris Jenkins inside. And then the final third and 10, for some reason, DeAndre Blake is playing 15 yards off the line of scrimmage on a third and 10, and Beasley catches the ball for the easiest 11-yard gain on a third and 10 I've ever seen. For some reason, right? I mean, for some reason that we don't know. There's that, 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 that seems to be the secret right now is why are we, you know, why are these guys playing such off coverage for these guys? And when it's third and 10, they're back 12 yards. I don't get it, but, you know, I'm sure we'll get a lot of calls about that. Um, defensively, listen, I, on our post game show in the coaches club yesterday, we were all over this subject. And I think that you have to understand that, and I'll, and I'll use this analogy because I think it's the best, the best thing I can tell you about how, how players, what things happen in games. It's these guys are young. We know that it's, it's new to them about their preparation. The biggest thing about players in games, young guys, is that when they think about Deandre Baker in college, Okay. He's in the Southeast Conference. He's Georgia. He is the man, right? I mean, he didn't give up very many big plays. He never got into a situation in college where he was, these things like this happened to him. He went this, through a whole year without giving up a touchdown. This is new territory for him. Number one, he's behind the eight ball because he missed two weeks of practice. Number two, this is the National Football League. And number three, he's lost right now. So the only thing that's going to get him back into this, this is all new stuff for him, is to have to make some plays. Maybe he gets an interception. Maybe he, has a, he comes back and gets some confidence. Do you think it's more of a confidence issue for him? It's or 100%. More, or more is it he's swimming and he's indecisive because he's not sure what to do? Okay, or is so it both? It's, it's, it's not 100% confidence. It's a, it's a little bit of both, but I will tell you they go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like the game is bigger than him right now. And and again, we, we thought last year like Lorenzo Carter. And he said post game by the way, that he's not playing fast enough that was his quote well I'll tell you why because he's thinking too much right so and that all comes to just experience and you're gonna have to get used to this guys because Corey Ballantyne didn't play a, a, and or love didn't play up down and neither did Ballantyne yesterday of defensive snaps that tells me something that tells me that don't get just all caught up in like why didn't we see the other guys playing well listen love is a safety and Ballantyne's from a small school I'm not so sure that he they're, they're any better than he's going to be on the field right now. So this is just going to be the way it is. But it's going to drive you and I to lose all of our hair. We don't have much left. No, we don't have much left. And I think it drives a lot of the other guys crazy too. But um, I will tell you that I've been watching football, and I know you have too, a long time. I, ha- I have not seen back-to-back games where a cornerback from a first-round guy that the Giants went up to get play something like this there's usually he there's somebody that usually will make a play in there to kind of bring you back down to like wow okay i guess that was just kind of an anomaly there's nothing here that's making me believe that he's playing decently at all none and the bills were clearly in the first half going after him on a lot of their third downs yes it was clear yeah offensively to switch sides real quick you're now understanding how the loss of Golden Tate has hurt this team and will. And Sterling Shepard, by the and way. And Sterling Shepard, mm-hmm. yes. Because Golden Tate is, you know, he's your third down guy that's going to make those plays and get yardage and things like that. Clearly, this offense was, him being brought in was to help this offense. And now they're struggling. They're struggling in the red zone. They're struggling to make third downs. And it's, 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 and they're, listen. Benny Fowler got the dropsies yesterday. Had two two drops that were just, I mean, right in his hands. And that one, and and really for me, Jeff, where this where the offense, uh, I guess, lost the game is is what I'll say. It might be a little strong, but whatever. End of the second quarter, yep. the Giants had two opportunities to score on that end of the field. Uh, they get down to the Bills' twenty nine yard line. This is one of the drops you're talking about. Eli throws a laser, hits Benny Fowler in that cover two hole between the corner and the safety, right on him. He gets hit in the ribs pretty hard, sure, but he had the ball in his hands for a good second or two mm-hmm. before the hit. Didn't hold on to it. 
They have to settle for the field goal. Algic Rosas misses the kick. Then, another good special teams play. T.J. Jones, who came back, had a nice game as a receiver, scored a touchdown, had the big punt return, two for 60 yards. Mm -hmm. Giants get the ball on the Bills' 33-yard line. Eli has Benny Fowler on a short pass for 12. Then on a first and 10 from the 21, all of a sudden, you know, the ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. Trent Murphy makes a great play getting under it for the interception. It was really a tough catch off that deflection, but he made a nice play. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you get two possessions inside the Bills' 40, and you come away with zero points. It, yeah. It's hard. When you're playing a good defense like that, you got to come up with points. You, ha you, have, you can't squander those types of opportunities. It, it's going to come back and bite you, and it did. And we talked a little bit after you had left. Um, we had, Lance and I had talked about it, and Lance, Lance brought this up. It was a great point that last week, the Buffalo Bills defense batted down five balls at the line of scrimmage with a six foot five. I'm going to say, you know, Sam Darnold. Yeah, get, yeah. Darnold and Eli are about the same size. So I mm -hmm. mean, the the these guys, that's part of their repertoire. They get their hands up and they get into those throwing lanes because it may not, you may not force an interception by out in the field doing, but put your hands up in a deflected pass. Now the one you're talking about was an option route by Saquon, I believe. It was supposed to go in, you know, and he went inside, and that's where the ball went, and that's that's why the defender was close to the line of scrimmage and he got the ball. But, you know, hey, the other thing, too, defensively, no turnovers, or excuse me, no takeaways in the last two weeks. The Giants have given up four. There were three three big factors in this defense, Jeff. That's one. No takeaways, right? Number two, also important, six for six opponents are on the red zone scoring touchdowns. They finally got a stop in the second half. Then uh, Dexter Lawrence commits that bad penalty, which, by the way, was the right call, by the way. He hits the oh, long snapper. Oh, it's 100% right call. Easy call. Now, listen, I, I will tell make. you that what happens. So, obviously, the, the call on the field, the way that the referee had said it, it, mm -hmm. it, it sounded much worse than it was, but it's the, it's the call. Correct. It's the rule. Okay, so now Dexter Lawrence. I'm just wondering how many special teams meaning this guy's sitting in because this is, right. if, I mean, I think it's probably the same rule in college too, right? I it's, don't know the answer. It's got to be, right? I mean, that's a safety issue. Guy head between his legs and, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, but you can't do that. You can't do, that's a big, that's a, you're right, that's a big play. Now, I will tell you, one, other than that, I thought that the special teams played very well. They won the third of that game. And by the way, I just wanted to add real quick. So you have six for six in the red zone, no takeaways, and then 48% on third down over the course of the year. Those are three huge numbers. If you're bad at all three of those things, you're going to be a bad defense. And it, your it's really offense, that simple. And your offense, up from 18% last week to 25. You were three of 12 this week on third downs. That, you, listen, you've got to get into the 40s and 50s on third downs to have a chance. Right. It, because... You, your defense is not good enough to stop the opponent right now. And if they get the time of possession, which, by the way, if you looked at the time of possession for the first half again, it was teetering to, towards Dallas territory. You know, it wasn't was it that extreme. bad? It was. Let me look at it. It was. Um, and I'm going into the – check out the second – first half. They're the first quarter. Yeah, I don't, I don't have it by quarter. I just have it by half here, but I can check that. Okay, but it was, it was getting to the point where it was getting ridiculous. Um, the Giants did make up some of it by the end of the game. I think it was You're 30. right. It was 18-12. Yeah. You're right. So 18-12. Um, and I think even the first quarter was even worse than that. So um, nice drive by the Giants, by the way, their first drive. I thought that was mm -hmm. good. They never got into a third down situation, which is a good thing. Yeah, and then you know, a lot of people complained about them not getting the ball to Saquon. But I tracked this when I looked. I, I haven't written my report completely yet. But after Saquon had that first drive, three of his next four carries went for one yard. So the Bills shored their defense up up front, and sure. then it's not so easy. Oh, just keep giving it. Work the first drive. You keep giving to them. It's, it, it's going to keep working, right? No. Well, no. Guess what? Defenses make adjustments, okay? Yeah. And even on that first drive, by the way, the Bills had eight men in the box on every play. It just didn't matter. The Giants ran it anyway, but that's mm -hmm. not something that's generally sustainable. Yeah, we, um, Paul and I, Paul tracks that on his little thingy, and mm -hmm. he was saying to me, he showed me, and he goes, Jeff, look at this. Look at this, Jeff. Look, look. Seven mans, eight man, six, seven. All these guys in the box in that first drive, and they, they annihilated. They ran it anyway. And again, anyways. after that first drive where Saquon had all those runs, he ran for five, one, 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 six, three, four, negative one, one. That was the, his next eight, nine carry. So the Bills did settle in a little bit 
in terms of uh, slowing down that run game. Anything else you want to hit before we get to the phone calls here, Jeff? They've been no, holding I, a while. Yeah, I, I, get to I know that. I just want to know, listen, I know that this is a tough go for Giants fans, and I think and mm-hmm. it is for the players and the organization. And, and listen, when you're 0-2, we know the statistics of, of, of kind of making it up and getting to the playoffs. So all I can say is that, you know, and I'm not saying that this team is anywhere near. The, they're not. In the 2007 season when we went to the Super Bowl and started 0-2, they're not. But I will tell you that, you know, it can get better. And it's going to have to get better. And look, we talked about having to go two and two in the first four games, right? Yeah. Minimum. Yeah, so they yeah. got to win these next two. Well, the thing too is, and, and I'm, I've been trying to think of just like some answers to all this and how, you know, how things have changed in the past and then now in the future, you know, back in the day, um, there was things that would happen when you're 0 and 2 or maybe 0 and 3, people start losing their jobs or just losing their, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, there's changes that are made. And which is kind of hindering on what we talked about at the beginning of the show here. There's gonna be, there has to be some changes made soon, um, with the with guys like you know you just move into you lose your your starting position and the next guy moves up. And right? by the way, we did see that already this week with Tay Davis not playing That's any right. snaps and Ryan yeah, Connolly playing was there, for him. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, he you know I looked at the pro football grades this morning, which which by the way I, I got them this year. Last year I didn't have them. You know, I bought the subscription. Oh, oh did you buy them this yeah. year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's pretty, I'm, I'm still learning how to, di- you know, go through the, the site and maybe I can get a little PFF 101 from John Schmelk okay. to show me. We can do that. But I, I, I did notice in the, uh, that some of the grades and stuff. And by the way, I honestly have not looked at the grades yet today. I have not. I was going to do that after I finished my film breakdown. I looked at the run grades and the pass grades on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on offense, I looked at Red Ellison was the highest rated guy on the board for the team offensively yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and by by the way, I always say their grades are useful as a point of reference, but sure. obviously if you're not in the meeting rooms with these guys, it's never going to be perfect. Yeah, but I think it's like you said, it's a point of reference because, you know, we watch the game collectively on a broad, mm-hmm. broader span. These are these guys are grading the film. They're doing things on snap counts and, and you know, run stops. All that. It's just it is. It's a good it's a good thing to go to. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the house on this at all. Correct. But it definitely gives you an idea. You know, and you're right, John. They, they, the guys, the, the offensive and defensive coaches must look at this stuff and cringe. Oh, absolutely, they do. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. But you know, that's the world today. Analytics is is what everything is in every sport, and people, you know, maybe they do uh, lie on rely on this. Well, we had the guy on from Pro Football Focus. We had asked him a question, you and I, that day. Mm-hmm. You know, how many teams subscribe to this type of stuff? And they said all of them. Yeah, and I think they use mostly like their formational grades and snaps and you know tendencies some, and some stuff like that. Of it, Probably yeah. not so much their grading system necessarily. Yeah, that, I but, didn't mean the right. grade. I meant more of the analytical stuff. Yeah, yeah so it is what it is. Oh, right, Dexter folks. Lawrence had. A, I mean, he other than this, the bonehead call, he had a pretty good game. 201 939 4513. 201 939 4513. All right, folks. Let's do this. Fire away, will you? Let's lead off our show because for some reason the calls are not loading on my computer. Let's go to Joe in Pennsylvania. He's up first. Hey, Joe. Uh oh. Joe going once. Do we have the phones muted over there, Pearson? Make sure that phone pod isn't muted, please. I might be the one that's labeled phones. uh, Technical terms. Joe, you with me? Joe, hey, go- yes. hey, hey, now we Joe. can hear you, Joe. All right. See, I'm engineering from the host chair. How about that? <laughs> go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Now we can hear you. Uh, okay, that that's great. I don't feel as bad last week as this week. Uh, let's see. Where should I start here? I want to say first, and you, you can give your opinion. Um, <laughs> I, I am disgusted with a, just being beside the game. A couple of ref calls last week. There, Eli got helmet to helmet, no mm, call. Yep. They had to see it. This week, our guy got knocked out. Our receiver, no call. He concussion. How can they miss it? And then they then use justify and go along with a little ticky tack touch of the center, which is a, a, a no. Don't just stop, 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 that? stop, stop, stop. They have specific rules to protect the long snapper. It's a rule that every team follows. I, I that understand. is not a ticky. So do not call it a ticky tack foul. That is the easiest call in the world yeah, for that yes, official to how, make. How, how did they? How did they miss our guys getting concussions? No, well that that that's fair. But in fairness too, that that's a first down pass. That penalty would have moved the ball one yard. It would have moved the ball I, from. But there should have been a penalty in no, last week. There should have been Eli sure. Got hit again. No argument. It, no argument. And that's that's what gets me. Uh, you want to say, oh, well, he didn't get hit hard enough, but then they call it ticking tack this week. That's <laughs> Who what said that? It's, they're not being. They're <laughs> not being. It. You know what I mean? It, it, even the announcer said it. We call it ticky tack. Ticky tack. You know, 
Right. All so right. disgusting. Well, now, the announcers now are wrong, on. but that's okay. The defense, I have to say something. The defense did put pressure, some pressure on. The first half, Fine, they man. were way out of it. Mm-hmm. But they did at least get some sacks and put some pressure on. Three sacks. Now, uh, going on here, you ain't going to like what I have to say here. Okay. Now, the receivers, you know, we, we lost, might as well say we lost our first five receivers, really, with the speed guy we lost earlier in. Uh, Tate out on suspension, and um, just, you know, really, uh, we did lose about five of them. And you could see yesterday uh, some of them routes where Eli had to throw the ball and the guy just wasn't even there, the guy we brought back, you know. T.J. Jones. Right, right. So you can see, and and it's not fair to Eli there, too. And our defense is going to take time. Because, like, like I said a few uh, uh, a show or two ago, I do recall the defense uh, when we won it back in uh, what, what was the year there when Spagnola first came in. We were we gave up 80, 80 points the first two games, and mm-hmm. you know we, we were getting shelled. But that was a veteran team, and uh, I I just don't you know we have a lot of young guys. And now we have a new uh, defensive back coach and everything. So, it, it, you know, just like the offensive line came around and we had to get some new key players in there and uh, the younger players needed their time, it's going to take the same thing with the defense. No, just be patient. That's what you're right, telling us. Right, okay. But right. But what I'm saying to you, where he said, well, everybody's uh, – anybody can lose their position. I, I thought Eli played a great game again yesterday. But I'm just being fair to him and looking at the Giants on the whole and everything. If if you see yesterday around the league, uh, the Steelers lost their quarterback. Yep. Jacksonville lost their quarterback last week. There's a few others and the that Saints, lost it yesterday. The Saints, the Saints with so Drew Brees. So you know where I'm going with this. To uh, ask, and I'd go to Eli personally. You don't have to put up with this put here. If we can get you in a place that has a decent defense and offense and they're a playoff team, would you want to go? No. And it's the, well, if he don't want to, then that, that was up to him. Yeah, I'm just because, saying. I'm just giving you my what, opinion. What I'm saying, the way we're headed with this stuff, we're going to have more injuries and stuff. It ain't, it ain't going to look good, and they're going to bring Daniel in anyway because they want to know about him. If we keep having all these losses – we're going to be up there on top, and do we want to draft another quarterback next year? You don't want to hear this stuff, but it's it's reality. All right, Joe. I'm just saying for the better of the Giants team, and that I would go to Eli personally because he has, I guess, the no-trade contest. So if, if he'd want to and he'd go into a place like that, I would be right out, and there's no uh, whatever about it. It would be better for him, better for the Giants. If he wants to stay, fine. Got it, Joe. Thank you for the call, pal. Always good to hear from you. Um, again, I, I don't think Eli played poorly in the game. I thought he was fine. You know, again, the Bills have a good defense. Uh, they had the couple knockaways. He, he he shouldn't have thrown the ball at the end of the game on the interception. It was a safety deep on that play. He shouldn't have thrown that ball. But again, we've seen that so many times. But again, you're 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 yeah. two touchdowns down. You're trying to make a play. So and, I'm, and I'm, I'm not going to sh- lose my mind on that. Let's talk about that throw for just a second from somebody like it. it, it that just goes to show you that Eli's trying to win. Right, he's not gonna. He's not caring about a, a statistic of having an interception in that situation. How many guys would say I'm not throwing? You know, I, uh, Daniel Jones is gonna be coming. I, I've got to put up an interception here. You know, I'm. That, that means something. It really does. I'm telling you, the, the guy, the guy's a competitor. That's why I don't think that the the scenario that Joe just brought up would ever happen. But never say never, right? Um, I don't know. It's, uh, Let's stick in Pennsylvania and say what's up to John. It's all brought okay, to you by John. Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. What's up, John? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? What's up? Uh, well, after two games, just some observations. Uh, it just feels like we don't have the talent or experience to compete. Um, are, are, know, are you talking you specifically know, defensively? Are you doing specifically well, on defense? I, I think both. I mean, I think both. I mean, look at the weapons that Eli has to work with. When Shepard's out, you know, we don't have the depth. Now, Golden Tate's going to come back, I think, in two weeks. But even then, I, you know, do you have a true number one like an Odell Beckham? No, but Michael John, Thomas, honestly, in my opinion, Juju. no, but John, in my opinion, if you have Shepard, Tate, Ingram, and Barkley on the field, you have more than enough weapons to have a good offense. You really do. You really do, in my opinion. You don't have to have you don't have to have a number one wide receiver 
to be a, a great team. You don't need that. Well, a lot of teams don't have a, like a number one, like a you know a Julio Jones or an Odell. I mean, they have a number one, but it's not that category. It's not that good of one. I mean, Philip Rivers has been putting up good numbers forever. Uh, Keenan Allen's had a couple of number one esque years, but I wouldn't put him in that Julio Jones category. Obviously, you have Tom Brady; he's a different category on his own. But I don't think you know the Eagles don't have a classic number one wide receiver, and they do just fine. No, and you know what? To be honest, even when we did have Odell, we were losing. That's well, uh, that's also true. I mean, to be fair, so I, I'm just curious, and I think Jeff, you might have touched on this a little bit. Do you think the leash? You know, I know before people had made comments to say when we're mathematically out, they put Jones in, and I was great. But looking at this team, we're rebuilding. We're in a rebuilding year, and that's fine. But if we go. 0-4, 1-3. I mean, don't you think it's time to give Daniel Jones a look at that point? Well, you have to ask the question. Is that fair? Well, listen, I think it's a very fair question. And I think you have to ask yourself from an organizational standpoint, is that what's my intent? Am I going to make the playoffs at 1-4, and four, at 2-5? and five? Well, the question I think, what, Jeff, do you think a move to Daniel Jones signals in the locker room? Does it signal that we're trying to make a change and do everything we can to win? Or does it signal, no, we're more worried about the future and not worried about winning now? What do you think, as, as a former player, what would that move signal to the rest of the guys in the locker room? Because I do think that's important. I, I, think, it's, I, think, it's, I think it would signal that we're trying to move in the right direction. This year or down yeah. the road? This year. Okay. And you know what? I, I, wouldn't, be, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I know, listen... I love Eli to death. You know that. He's been my, he was my teammate for a long time. He's literally but one this, of your very good friends. Absolutely. But I will tell you that I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of guys in the locker room that want Daniel Jones to play. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, they're young guys. Yeah, I don't know the answer but, to that. But, and the reason I set that up is because Eli's an old guy, right? I mean, <laughs> but and I mean that he's an old, an old guy, you know? So you got Daniel Jones. He's just like all the rest of those guys in there. He's a young guy, a young whippersnapper. They came into the league with each other. They've seen him play in preseason. They can relate to him a little bit more. That's what I'm getting at as far as the, that kind of a, of a move. You never know. It could be the guys that really would say, yeah, I love it. Let's get him in there. But the fact is you can't not look at the success of Eli Manning for one second. You have to understand the guy is just he's a, a Hall of Famer. So you kind of want him to be still be in there if you're going to if he can win you football games. But even if he's playing the way that he is and the defense plays the way that they do, he'll never win you football games. I'm, I'm sorry. No, yeah, <laughs> and true. I agree. And I think in that scenario, you should play Daniel Jones just to get him experience, in my opinion. Well, I, I think that, listen, that there's, there's going to be a point in time when that decision is going to be made. And I think that you have to realize that if you want to throw away a whole year and have the and go, you know, three and thirteen again with no with Daniel Jones, and then you're going to have to go put him in as a rookie next year. So they're like they've already put him in one out of two games so far. So they want to get him some reps. It's just a matter of how much and when, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I, I'll say this on. Um just some optimism. I will say, you know, last year was all about the offensive line, rebuilding that. It looks so much better than it has the past five or six years. Yep. It really has. And if he can fix, and when I say he, Gettleman, if he can fix the defense, you know, if Daniel Jones can come through, I know that's a lot of ifs, but, you know, we could have a team here. And I'd give Gettleman four years to see what the team is, okay. honestly, c compared to what we had prior to Gettleman. Well, look at the, he went out and fixed Thanks the offensive the call, line problem, problem, right? I mean, and I agree with you last year, John and I would be watching the game in the booth or wherever it was. And we'd be like, these guys are so bad, right? Oh my gosh. I mean, they can't block their way out of a paper bag for God's sakes. I mean, what is going on here? The guys are running free and they're hitting Eli is sacked 40, 50 times. You know, now it's like there is some semblance to it. It's like it's yeah. looking like a an offensive line. Now, is that where the defense is? Are, are we saying this about the defense now that we said about the offensive line last year? And can it get fixed? Can these guys get better? By the way, the defense is a heck of a lot younger than that offensive line ever was. They are. They are. Look at how many rookies are on this team. Yeah, the offensive line actually is, is actually a fairly veteran group. Other than Will Hernandez, these guys are all you know twenty-seven yeah. years old or, or or more. Halapio is actually almost thirty. People don't realize that because he hasn't played a ton, but he's you know twenty-seven plus also. Paul brought up something in our post game yesterday that I not did not realize that there's eight rookies on the team this year. Okay, and I think total rook to second year players and under, there's twenty-two. That sounds about right. 
22 out of 53 guys from two years and less experience. That's that's young. And by the way, then we, even if you look at a guy like Antonio Hamilton, who's been in the league four years, he's played all 30 defensive snaps. So he's a guy that wouldn't be in that group, but he's somebody that has very little experience. How many wide receiver snaps has Cody Core taken, even though he's been in the league for three years? Not a ton. How many wide receiver snaps has you know, Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer taken? He did do a nice job. Even catching the football. He did, absolutely. So those are just the things you look at. And look, I'm not to the point here we're at 0-2, I'm going to start talking about next year's draft class and talking about it. I'm not doing it yet. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do it. We're, that we're, is a bold prediction. I will, no. I will happily do that in, in December or end of November or whatever. If we're sitting here end of October and there's no wins, fine. That's okay. I get it. Fine. I'm not doing it at 0-2. I'm not there yet. And I don't think the team's there yet either. That's why you know I came in today. Everyone's like, oh, you got to do this. Yeah, the season's over. Guys, the way the mentality of, of a coach and his players go <laughs> after two after games two weeks. in a 16-game season, I understand it's frustrating for fans and you get upset, you get emotional, I get it. That's not how they can operate inside the building. No. It's just two games. You don't... And no, are they going to go 14-2 and two this year and win the next 14? No. But can they get to the point here where you're around 500 at the bye and... Then, you know, we'll see whatever happens in the second half of the year. Yeah. Is that impossible at this point? No. But you got to get it fixed and you got to get it fixed fast. Well, I think that, you know, the defense holding, you know, this, this team wasn't a great offense, right? 28 points was, yeah. But I think that when the offense gets healthy and the, and the players are back again, you, na- you name those, those receivers and tight ends and, and running backs. That combination of, of skill set is very good. And I know, by the way, that the Bucks have played good defense this year. They are not on the same level as the Bills and the Cowboys. So this Giants offense needs to put up 24 next week. They have to. Yeah. Because I think the Bucks are probably going to score some points here. So the Giants are going to have to put up 24, 30 points, I think, if they want to win next week. The one thing you have to worry about the Giants, and we talked about this, I think, I don't know if it's with you on Friday, but, you know, if you want to wake up that sleeping Giant and, and um, Jameis Winston. I mean, here's a guy who's got a new coach. He's learning a new system. There's there's going to be a game where this guy just all of a sudden breaks out. Well, right? you saw what he did against the Giants in the second half of their game <laughs> last year. He almost brought back single-handedly a, a, a team that – was behind because Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a bajillion interceptions in the first half of that <laughs> like game. He still is. He's still throwing a bajillion. Listen, he's a guy that you know he'll make big plays, oh, yeah. and you also know he'll make dumb plays, you right? Only, you only live once, Jeff. That is Ryan Fitzpatrick's <laughs> motto. 201-939-4513. Uh, let's go to uh, Brian in Atlanta on line four there, Pearson. Brian, what's up? What's up, guys? Um, I personally believe I think it's time to move on from Eli Manning and go to Daniel Jones. I know Eli has not been playing that bad these past two games, but I can just you can just tell that the offense can't really do that much. It's really van- vanilla. They'll stack the box against Saquon, and they'll the defense will say, Eli, try and beat me. And they know Eli is not going to beat them. I personally think the team has a better chance of winning with Daniel Jones out there because coming into the season, we all knew that the Giants were in a soft rebuild. They weren't going to make the playoffs. They aren't contenders. But they will, they do have some upside. Uh, that's why I, I personally believe Daniel Jones should start week uh, week three. If not, come in for the second half if the Giants are down by two two touchdowns in, in, on Sunday. Okay, what you put on the defense? Uh, the defense, I want to know why Dexter Lawrence is only playing 50% of the snaps and why Julian Love and Corian Valentine aren't getting the reps. I know there might be seeing something in practice that is not good, but uh, what, what's going on to deal with that? And same with DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Where? Baker at UGA was a pe- press coverage uh, cornerback, and he hasn't been playing any press coverage. Uh, well, no, well, no, no, but let me ask you. On, well, he did on, in the Dallas game. He on, gave a co- on the deep pass to Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup in the Dallas game, what kind of coverage was DeAndre Baker playing? Amen. He was, he, playing man he was playing press the, man. Yeah. Now, he what? completely blew the press coverage at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> but he was lined up in press yeah. man on those two plays. This week, they did not put him in press man because I'm guessing because he had the issues he did in week number one, but that's Baker. Do you want Julian Love to play corner or safety? I, I personally want him at safety. So you want him playing for who? I'm sorry? Who do you want him to play instead of? And play it and put it get him, just give them reps in the fourth quarter if they're down by two chunks. Oh, okay, that, that's fine. And you know what? If they wanted to put Ballantyne in there for Baker this week a little bit, that's fine. But Ballantyne's not a slot guy, so if you're playing Gory Ballantyne, you're either benching DeAndre Baker or you're benching Janoris Jenkins. So those are your options. 
Okay, then what, what about the 50% snaps for Dexter Lawrence? That's a good question. I don't have an answer for it. He played around 30 snaps this week, 35 I think it was. B.J. Hill and Tomlinson played around 50. So he's still playing underneath those two guys. I do not have an answer for you on that one. Uh, and Coach, given what happened with the quarterbacks today, was not asked that question. But um, we'll see if we can get some information on that later in the week for you. But I do not have an answer for that one. Okay, cool. And what do you guys think about the playbook being vanilla with Eli Manning out there? I, I don't think that's correct. Um, I appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. I don't what know what you question? whether or not the playbook's too vanilla because Eli Manning's the quarterback. Hate to tell you guys, no, just because Daniel just because Daniel Jones can run, the playbook might actually be simplified if he becomes a quarterback. It's not going to get more complicated when you bring in a rookie playing his first NFL game. Well, there'd be more options to run different plays with 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 him. Because he can get outside the pocket and make some plays. But they roll Eli Manning out, though. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that In terms of, like, read options and things like that, sure. Yeah. But in terms of doing complicated reads and no, doing no, a lot no. of different things, the, no. the playbook's not going to get, like— The, play the playbook's not going to get bigger because Daniel Jones is the quarterback. You might be able to do some different things, but, the, like, the volume and, and the you know, those types of things is not going to change. But don't you agree the playbook needs to get a little bit more vanilla on defense? Maybe kind of simplify that just a little bit? I could see that. I would not – if you want to – because it seems like sometimes these guys are out there thinking a little bit too much, right? I, I so think maybe long. maybe you need to – again, I, I'm not a defensive coach, so I always hesitate to, to get into play calling and stuff like that because it's frankly, I think, beyond what a lot of people – people think they understand that part of the game, but they really don't, which makes me hesitate to talk about it because I'm not in those meeting rooms and calling plays and stuff like that. It makes it hard. But look, I, I – you have to do something. There are too many what I will call fundamental breakdowns on defense where guys are just running free and nobody's near them. And those are the things that you, you, you just can't have happen. Mm -mm. No, Fair? I mean, I, absolutely. And, and I heard uh, Carl Banks talking about on the postgame show yesterday. And, and I remember hitting, not hitting, but tapping Paul Dettino on the shoulder yesterday. And you should have hit him. I probably should have. He was miserable, by the way. You he could have used it. And I said to him, I said, I, I don't know what DeAndre Baker's doing there. He, he, he went to the inside to cover the guy running up the middle, and he totally turned his back on the guy that was running the seam route down. I mean, it was the go route. It was like crazy. No, he was playing cover three. His responsibility it, is the sideline, and he left the sideline to cover a guy running up to, the seam. I've never, Jeff, I've never seen that and before. Listen, I, the only thing I could say there is it worked. It, it, all of a sudden, he just saw that the, that he was the closest guy, and the safety wasn't taking well, look, him and, or something. And I don't Josh know. Josh Allen was looking at the guy down the seam, but still, well, I mean, that's just not the responsibility. No, it's not. Dexter Lawrence has played 62 snaps in the last two games. There you go. 201-939-4513. Back to the phones. Let's say what's up to Scott New Mexico. He's up next. What's up, Scott? Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Good, Good. Scott. How are you doing today? That's the big thing. Not great, <laughs> uh, but uh, I frankly, uh, it's not my main point, but I frankly don't care who plays quarterback. Jeff, you can suit up and play quarterback. No, I will not do that, day, Scott. We win. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that, really. But hey, if they want to uh, pay me to play quarterback, I'll do it for a game. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be sore for a month for that. Right. <laughs> Uh, my main focus, and I brought it up to you, John, uh, a couple of weeks ago, is, and I know we talked about it, uh, we're repeating the same mistakes from game to game as far as the secondary is concerned, and, and that's the thing that, again, is most alarming to me. Uh, How's that, it, Scott? What, what mistakes to you are identical besides the basic leaving guys wide open? Hello? Beans. You're, I don't know how many plays, again, they had over 20-yard completions. Yeah, but, uh, but, 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 but Scott, just because it's a completion over 20 yards doesn't mean it's the same mistake. Yeah, but, but John, uh, you have a cornerback. Did it ever occur to anybody that potentially DeAndre Baker is not good enough to play the position? And that uh, I know on a, a run play, he couldn't even get off the block in regards to, I think it was uh, Singletary that ran into the end zone. Mm -hmm. He was locked onto the Buffalo player and couldn't disengage. The same thing happened with Jabril Peppers on another run. I think yep. it was McKenzie. I know those two plays, uh, yep. Uh, neither one could get off their blocks to... to to do that, and so there's a weakness in the secondary, which is causing the Giants to lose football games. That's not the only thing. Okay, but no, but, uh, but, but, but Scott, Scott, that's a different point than what you made in your first statement. 
But if you can't cover, uh, it complicates the issues. And no, that's no, no, but Scott, that's I'm fine. Having. No, but Scott, if, if your argument is that they should have sat Baker down and given Ballantyne a shot, I get that argument, and that's fine. Okay. If that's your opinion, I get that. But that, that's a different thing than saying to make the they're same making mistake. the same mistake over and over again. Because I can explain in detail to you what each mistake was on each play, and they're right. not the same. Right, but, but, but the overall... Uh, end result is that the Giants aren't playing good in the secondary. That's the end result from game to game. Yes. So if the circumstances change because of teams and you're not repeating the same mistake, how do you correct that kind of thing? That's the thing that I, I'm not interested in lambasting the Giants secondary and say, hey, you know, they're terrible. Right. But the real key is how do you fix it if you see the same, if you see variations of the same thing happening game to game? No, and, and that's and, fair. And, that, and Scott, that's fair. And I, I think it's a combination of the coaches putting the players in the best position possible, and then more importantly, the players executing what they're supposed to execute on the field. And I think the question you then get to is if the players you have out there can't execute it, at what point do you decide to make some type of change? Right, and, and that's really my point. I'm not trying yeah. to argue with you as no, I got to you. the fact I got they're you. making mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we need to correct the mistakes if we're going anywhere at all this season. 100%. And I really think that it's up to the to the coaching staff to recognize they're either not putting people in the right position or the people on the field simply can't play the position. And that's something you have to acknowledge at some point if you're going to move forward and hope to have a winning team at some point. I'm not saying it's going to happen automatically, but they have to correct the issues in the secondary. Well, and again, and Scott, I, think, done so. I think it's important, too. If you want to sit down DeAndre Baker for a half or even a game, that's not right. acknowledging that he's never going to be a good corner either. That just means maybe he needs a little bit of a break to settle right. down, get his head on straight, to eventually come back and play better. I mean, you go back to 2007, Corey Webster was benched and deactivated for a game or two during that year, and then he right. eventually came back and, and, and was a big part of that Super Bowl team. So, yes, I, I get where you're coming from in that, and that would be one way to approach it. Which, by the way, okay. do you remember Corey Webster was a press corner in college too, and they started yeah. him off playing a lot of zone defense, and he was out of his element too. Mm-hmm. So uh, my last point, I'll take it off the air, is uh, so far as the statistics, the Giants right now are giving up 31 points a game. Yes. And strange as this is going to sound, their offense is accumulated about 580 yards so far in two games. That ranks them 11th, which is crazy because I guess a lot of the yardage is after garbage time when it really doesn't matter. No, but, teams are no, but Scott, the Giants to score. here's the thing, it's not. The Giants didn't have a ton of garbage time yards against Only one the Bills. And against the Cowboys, they had one drive that right. went for a touchdown in garbage time. The problem is that, they A, yeah, well, you're, yeah, well, you aren't converting third downs, and you aren't getting into the end zone when you do get down the field. So they've actually moved the ball okay, which yeah. is why I don't get everyone's obsession with play calling and Barkley touches in the offense, because they actually are moving the ball all right. Is it great? No, but is it okay? Yeah, it's okay. It's good enough. Like, if you right. told me the Giants were 11th in yardage at the end of the season on offense, I'd be like, all right, that's a pretty darn good year. Okay, we're, we're good right. to go. That's why, to me... Everyone wants to talk about offense, 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 offense. This is a defensive problem that's making them lose these games. Finish up, Scott. What's your last point? Okay, well, the the last point is basically they're averaging 15 points a game approximately right now. And that's bad. What you see is the necessary things they're going to have to do to increase that. And I'll take your answers off the air, guys. Thank you, Scott. (laughs) Jeff, what? You already answered it. Yeah, third downs, right? answered it, yeah. Just extend drives, third downs. I I think they're what? Let me look what they're ranked offensively in terms of third downs. It's pretty Um, bad. They were 18% last week, the week before, and they were 25% this week. Three I think, of 12, I think there's something of like 5 of 20-something, but I'll check it here. I can bring that up really quick. Well, they were 3. They were 5 of, I'm going to guess, 23? 5 of 23? See, the 5 of 23 or 5 of 22, I think, but I want to make sure I have it right before I, before but I do five it. 5 third-down conversions in two games. See, rankings, offense, and Giants. All right, let's see. But, the Giants offensively um, right now, Jeff, are ranked. They have 21.74% on third down, and that ranks 29th in the league. Yeah. That about The only teams that are worse are the Dolphins, <laughs> the Titans, and then the Browns. And after tonight, the Browns, based on how the Jets play defensively, yeah, they, might, they, jump ahead, they might jump ahead of yeah. the Giants there. 
But no, third downs and, and red zone efficiency. What was their red zone efficiency yesterday for the Giants? The red zone, the Giants Zero. are 60% in the red zone. The problem is that they're not getting all the way down deep into the red zone. They're moving the That's, ball, but they're yeah. getting stopped short of the 20, which is the problem. Yep. And they're not kicking those few, you know, Aldrick Rojas doesn't have nine field goals already this season. They're just, they're going for it on fourth downs and they're not making, and they're behind. They got to score touchdowns, not field goals. And, go. and again, you run into the time of possession issue when you're not having enough snaps because A, you're not sustaining drives and then your defense is allowing some of those long drives. Hey, look at this game. Look, to me, there were, there, were, there were two critical points in this game, Jeff, if you want to look at it this way. End of the half, you yeah, don't get those two, two scores. Yep. And then you get within one score in the second half and the defense can't, get a stop and the Bills go up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. The Giants could have had the ball back with, you know, seven minutes to go on the clock down one score. Yep. Or even if the Giants would have held the, It was almost 21-14. Even if the Giants... It was 21-14. Yeah. If the Giants would have held I the meant. Bills to, to a field goal, then maybe they kick a field goal on their next drive instead of having to go for it on fourth down. Then all of a sudden it's back to one. You know, it's, it's just those, you know, those... There's a few big plays in every game. Like, for example... Of course. Eli Manning gets a pass batted. Low to the ground. Somehow Trent Murphy's in the right place to, to grab a pick. Yep. The Giants on two different plays We're deflect close, the Josh Allen enough. pass 80 feet in the air. Yeah. It felt like those balls were floating <laughs> in the sky forever. And they barely could get to them. But it literally falls halfway in between two or three different Giants players and they can't get the pick. Yeah, it, but just, they, it just didn't, they didn't here, make the plays when they have to make them. But this is the thing. See... When you're not a good football team, you don't get those types of breaks. Yeah. And by the way, we're not trying to say that breaks are the reason the Giants are where they're at. No, that's, no, that's you not know what, what I mean. Saying. You know what I, I mean. I know. I just want to make sure fans don't think we're making excuses okay. because that because that's not what we're doing. That's just the way it works. Uh, but uh, it, this is a defensive problem. Okay. It's a defensive problem. That's it, it. Really is. Now, does the offense have some problems? Yes. Correct. Of course they do. Of course they do. Um, does the special teams have problems? Yes, they do. They missed a field goal yesterday, but for you know, on on for really, they played well yesterday. Special teams. And by the way, the Giants were in the top three in in the special teams last year as a whole. Yeah. Um. So and and I'll tell you what, Corey Cole is a good player, man. He is a he is really good, and so is Hamilton. They're both good special teams. They are huh? really good. That play that they made down there, I mean, you know, up in the press box, guys, it's very quiet up there. I, I get a little excited when I when I play like that, you know. And oh, did you did you did you bang the I, table? I was just a like, no, oh, nice, nice, nice. Oh, whoops, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know. All right, folks, it's in my blood. I I I got to get off at two thirty today. I have to finish my game report. I got people literally texting me during the show. Where's your game report? Well, I'm kind of doing You're something working. right now. Exactly. Um, let's go to. Uh, all right, fine. Chuckles, what's up, buddy? How are you, Charlie in Portland, Maine? <laughs> oh, we're depressed every time you call, Charlie. Why, why, why change now? That makes a good point. Hey, look, my point is this. Everyone just relax here. Yeah. You Whoa, know, wow, you're telling people to relax, Charlie? <laughs> have, yes, have we went into yes, the bizarre world? Look, what were we complaining about last week? When are we ever going to get a pass rush? Guess what? Step one, we got a pass rush. We okay. started. And by the way, okay. it, was, it wasn't a great pass rush, but it was, certainly, it was certainly better than week we one. Got and by the way, they got Correct. more than Whatever the Bills. Was, we right. didn't even have they any before. You know? Yes. So that's a start. Yeah, it's, it's a, a start. You know, that's a start. And the other thing is, fine, if Baker isn't... Look, I've been saying in the last three weeks, simplify the defense. And Betcher has to simplify the defense to the players he has. And if Baker is going to be making these mistakes, then put in Ballantyne. He played well in the preseason. Lee, give him the shot to do it. He was always around the ball. He got some interceptions. Why don't, for God's sakes, give him an opportunity? But and in the, and he taught, look, Daniel Jones is not the savior of this team. He is not. He will not be the franchise quarterback of this team. I'm telling you this right now. Just as I said, Eric Flowers was a bust. I'm telling you, he will not be the savior of the New York Giants. Well, well Charlie, Charlie, real quick, how do you define savior? Uh, uh, how I define it? I define it as uh, the other quarterbacks that we had after Phil Sims. All right, all right, Charlie. Charlie, how about this? If we're in six in six years, will Daniel Jones be the starting quarterback for the Giants? He's not even going to be the starting quarterback after next year. <laughs> I'm Thank telling you, this guy. I told I you, Eric Flowers couldn't learn technique, and I'm telling you, this guy's going to fumble 
every fucking game he's in. Because that's what he did in college. That's what he did in preseason. He had that no, 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 what did no, he do? He yeah, fumbled. Yeah, that is going to be his Achilles heel, and it's going to kill him every time. It's, it, he will not be reliable. You know, he well, will not be reliable. Charlie, the, we have that, Charlie, the fact that, that you know that before he plays in one regular season game is amusing, but <laughs> make your last right, point, hey, okay? Mark it down. I'll, I'll, I'll write it down. The things that go. I see and that I know, and, right. I, and I call it as it is, and I told you about Eric Flowers, and I'm telling you, that's with Daniel Jones. And the other thing is, give Eli a break. At least wait until he gets his wide receiver core back. Wait until that's Kate a good point. Back. I get that's wait a great point. Jeff yeah. Back. Yeah, I like that. I, I agree with you there. And you frankly, know? I for Charlie, I agree with you on that point too. That that's how I would that, approach that's, it. That's probably the smartest thing you said all day, Charlie, and I agree with that one. <laughs> hey, look, we're still gonna be two and two after four games. We're gonna win the next two games because this defense played a lot better in that last half of that game. It's starting to gel and if they just replace Baker and look, Sergeant Pepper is not Collins. Let's just all say that right now. Sergeant Pepper is not Landall Collins. So if he is Landall not as Collins. good as him, and he won't be as good as him. Sa- Hopefully he'll Sergeant be better Pepper's than what he's been Landall. doing. Landall. Landall Collins. It's, La- it's Landon. Whatever <laughs> his name is. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Have a good one. God, he, how does he get Landon Collins' his name wrong? Charlie, I love you to death, but jeez. <laughs> they, they grow it well up in Maine, I'll tell you that. And look, Peppers has not been the victim on a lot of these plays. They're not attacking him, but he's also not making a ton of plays either. By the way, I looked at it. The Giants right now, guess how many yards per game? How are they ranked in the NFL? Yards gained per game offensively. What do you think they're ranked? Um, I mean, giving up the yards per game? No, offensively. Oh, offensive. How many offensive yards per game are they averaging, and where do they rank? They're averaging three or three ninety something. Four twenty. That's going to rank them in the top eight, six. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> like, and by the way, a- they didn't have any gar- They didn't have any garbage time yards against the Bills, and they only had that one garbage time drive against Dallas. Right? Was it just? Well, it was just one, right? I don't know. So even if you lower that by like 20 or 30 and you get them down to like, let's say you get them to 380, you take 40 yards off of that total for garbage time. What if we always, give or take? What did that, we say the whole offseason? That would, that, that would still rank them eighth or ninth. We're not worried about the offense. 201, but again, but not scoring points. And that, and that is important. But, but, okay, but you got to score But when points. we talk about there are the offense, is there any problems in the offense? Yes, there is. Third down conversions and scoring points. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, putting, they're putting up the yards right. to do it. Okay, but they're just not getting in the end zone. We've had this problem before. The Giants have had this problem before. They seem to have fixed it the second half of the season last year, especially the last four games. Well, they weren't moving the ball the first half of last year. Either. No, no. no was, well, the first half was horrible. <laughs> so I guess that's a <laughs> it is an improvement. Yes, I, yes, but really, yes. if you look at the last four games of the year, that was a big improvement, and that's yes. kind of what we got excited about. Jamal in Dallas is our next to last caller. Hey, Jamal, what's up? What's going on, fellas? Appreciate hey, my call. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks for my call. Hey, th- thank you for calling oh, in, Jamal. What's on your mind? I don't follow, man. Um, I'm glad y'all went through the statistical part for the offense. And y'all saying it's not the offense, which which after I watched the game, the highlights after and everything, you see, yes, we're moving the ball. We're getting down. We're just not scoring in the red zone. But why is third down always our Achilles heel? Like, what is it, the play calling? Because it seems like we have time. Is it Eli? Is it the receiver not running the right routes? Like, why is third down so much of a challenge for us? Or even second along, it seems like we can't do anything when we're behind the sticks for, for more than six yards. Uh, I get tired. I get tired of watching it, right? Well, the, the answer yeah, to that yeah, is on first ball. and second down. A lot of times your, your third downs are, you know, they're predicated on what you're doing on first and second downs. A lot. Right. Of, that's it. I mean, do you see the Giants getting in a lot of third and shorts? Third and two, third no. and one? No, they're always third and eights, third and sevens, third and sixes. Well, in fairness, you did have a couple it of the third and shorts in that first game, but they didn't convert those either. You had the third and two with Penny, okay. and then you had the third and one where they tried to roll out, so that didn't work either. So then my question is this. Is Shula, like, why, like, when, so when we're third and long, why is it Eli, and I'm not trying to play Eli, and I'm not trying to make this, but he has a tendency on third and third and long to dump it off to the check down or the shortage route and hoping that those receivers make a play to get upfield, which I get. 
But at the end of the day, like, are the routes not being ran right, or are they calling the bad plays, or is Eli just checking it down for the safe, for the safe, for the for the safe catch? Well, well, well. For one, on third and ten or more, just so you're aware, the league average on third and ten or more is eighteen percent. Okay, conversion rate. Okay. That that is your conversion rate on third and ten and more for all teams in the NFL. Over the course of the year, well, it's a fair point, um, but it's <laughs> a good line. But look, teams can play that deep umbrella coverage, and I think especially when you have your wide receivers hurt, like the Giants had this week in particular, without Shepard and Tate, it gets very difficult. Um, I think maybe sometimes you might want to see Eli try to stick the ball into a really small window. I think he's trying to be turnover adverse with some of those decisions. But honestly, 90% of the time, and I look at every one of these plays on tape when I watch the games every Monday morning, and usually there just isn't a whole lot down the field. Teams can play quarters. They can play four deep. They right. can play umbrella coverage. And so, you just don't let teams cre- you know, create those types of plays if you're defense so, and you don't so. want to. Go ahead. So real quick, this is why I think people are, mm-hmm. are, are asking for the Daniel Jones era to begin. Because if you look at the game with Josh Allen, you know, he was able to get the, the get our defense to chase him down. And when he did when we did that, guess what opened? The middle of the field. Same same thing with that. Not saying you gotta be a Lamar Jackson, but Daniel Jones may at least be able to keep the defense somewhat yeah. honest to where if they commit, he can dump it off to Ingram or Saquon, or one of the receivers crossing. Sure. Maybe a DB might bail off or jump off their route a little earlier than when Eli, everybody knows, he's not running around that corner. He's not running for six, seven yards. You know what I mean? So I think as fan base, we get frustrated with knowing as a defense, if you can just play back and just catch, and just tackle anything in front of you. Yeah. So mean, my last point, defense. My last point, defense, you got to simplify it. I know everybody's saying it. I'm a defensive guy, play safety, play it all that. The guys are out there thinking too much. First of all, I think Anton Mathea, I, I, you know, he played at Howard. I know the guy, you know, great guy, great person. But he's getting to that, you know, I think his age is getting to him. He might be a great locker room guy. But some has Baker, too much. Too much going on with Baker for whatever reason. I don't know why um, we're not rotating him with Ballantyne at least, um, at least getting him some breaks. But it seems like teams see Baker, and it's all open for him. They just they just picking on them, and I take the rest of your comments off 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 the, off the airway, man. Thank you, Jamal. Appreciate the call, man. Good to hear from you. Um, anything quick on that, Jeff? No, before I go to the, the next call, the only thing I can tell you, like I, the one thing I am tired of seeing is that if you are going to check it down and you're on a route, please throw. If you're the one of the receivers or the tight end, and it's a third down, please get past the sticks. I don't. I'm tired of seeing the ball checked down and then it's thrown at third and eight. It's thrown at third and six. Right. It's throwing it not third. It's throwing a six yards. Mm-hmm. Can you get me at least to eight so if you can just lean over and it will be a first down? That bothers me. Jay so, in Brooklyn, he'll be our final call of the show. What Jay, what's up? Hey, uh, John, you know, what is Sherman doing? What is he doing in this press conference? You know, if, if, if you're going to bring Eli in and you're going to look at even just cracking that door open after two games, why is Eli back? Why is Eli back on the team? Jay, if you want to go to the kid, just rip the Band-Aid off and go to him. They should have just done that a year ago. Jay, I haven't had a chance to talk to Pat Shermer about it. We'll see what they end up doing on Wednesday. I think there's a chance he was just trying to make the point that, look, everybody, when you're 0-2, we look at everything and everyone gets evaluated. Maybe that's the point he was trying to make. Yeah, and you're giving, Jay, John, you're giving him way too much credit. I mean, he, if you, I've read some of the, 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 some of the transcripts I read that I read out of these reporters. He literally said he can't guarantee that Eli's going to start the next game. No, that and he 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 did say that. I was and frankly, I was I said at the top of the show, Jay. I was very surprised, and when I told Jeff about it, he was very surprised when he heard that too. So and, and I think team, it's fair. The, 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 this this team has has basically written chapter and verse on how to not handle a quarterback situation. You know, from the benching of Eli for Geno Smith to everything, it's just it's unbelievable. Mm. Well, thank you, Jay. Appreciate thank the you, call. Jay. <laughs> I, this is going to be a repeated question. All we don't know. And the thing about it is, they have to handle it in a way that they don't want to debacle this thing like they did last time, right? I mean, because that was a complete mess. Of what well, happened last Pat time? Pat Shermer said he'll tell tell people what's going on on Wednesday, yeah. and we'll find out. But you have to understand that when there's a decision that's going to be made, it's going to be made, and there's and there's going to be communication with it. There's going to, Eli will be told, and it's, there's going to be a there's going to be a process to it. 
It's just not going to happen out of the press one day in the in Wednesday press conference, and all of a sudden nobody knows about it, and all of a sudden it's going to be be told about it. It's going to be known to some people, but you know what I'm saying, John? I, I mean, do. There, there's going to be conversations yes. with it within the organization. It's just not going to happen out of the blue where, where Pat just says he doesn't tell anybody, and it's going to happen. And the way Mondays work, just so people know, by the way, the players were here. They did their offense and defensive team meetings, and they go to their position rooms. And while they were in their position group meetings, that's when Pat Shermer addressed the media. So there really isn't any time for there to be larger organizational discussions about things like this in such a short period of time after the game. Just so people understand what the schedules for the coaches. Other than All the tonight. coaches have been doing the last, what time the game at 4 o'clock yesterday, 22 hours, has been looking at game film and grading guys out and figuring out yeah, how the guys are playing the game. That's yeah. all they've had the discussions about. So and, and and then moving on to Tuesday. Tuesday, the game plan is is put together. Tonight and Tuesday, the player t- player's day off is Tuesday. The right. coaches are mm-hmm. in here early in the morning until late at night putting the – the game plan together for the Tampa game. And when the players arrive here Wednesday morning, the game plans are given to them at the first meeting. So that's how the things are developed. And that's why you always get the 24 hour rule because you can't sit here and wait. You can't do it. You can't, you can't get caught up on the game. You got to go. You got to, you got to start going. Big Blue Kickoff Live was presented by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience. Experience courtesy of Coors Light. We'll oh. try that again. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. Jeff, good show. 90464. When are we seeing you next? Next Friday, or are you off all next week? Is next week the week you're off? Yes, but you will see me Friday, this Friday. Okay, so you're in this Friday, and then you're off the following week. Also, me and you are back on Friday then. That's correct. Well, I get three straight shows with Feagles. Yep. Yep, yep. The highest rated shows there ever will be. Feagles might actually remember my name after those three shows. That would be impressive. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, tomorrow it'll be Tuesday. Yeah, All day. I, I know. I know tomorrow's Tuesday. Thank you. It'll it's be Russ scoring. and Lance tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live for Jeff Feagles. That'll Josh be a good Schmelt. one tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow at 1.30, <laughs> everybody. Adios.